The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. everybody welcome to the rotowire fantasy baseball podcast brought to you by winbet.com i want to thank them for their sponsorship jeff erickson and fred zinke here for the next hour ish uh hopefully uh you can join in the comments the questions join in the conversation uh fred how are you today i'm awesome uh how are you doing what, what's uh, i was saying before we started recording the weather's not so great in ontario today what's it like in your neck of the woods probably amazing uh, it's hot. It's not Pacific Northwest <laughs> hot, but it's hot. You know, it, it's, it blows my mind, by the way, that Portland and Seattle are like 110, 115 right now. And Vancouver, for that matter, too. It's like, for some reason, they're like closer to the sun and they're hotter. And, you know, this is the sort of heat wave I expect us to get. I wouldn't expect it to be there, but uh, so it goes. But no, it's hot. Uh, otherwise, fine. It, the awesome. weather's always the same here. It's, it's just dry. Always I would take that. I, it was very, very humid here today. I would have taken the dry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we can, well, we'd take some of your rain if we could, uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, alas, we, we we cannot. We're not allowed to. Um, let's jump in. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, news that broke about 30 minutes ago. Blake Snell was scratched from a Tuesday night start against the Reds with an illness. I saw Kevin AC, the, uh, the uh, excellent beat writer for the San Diego Union Tribune, use scare quotes with the illness, which makes me worry it might be a COVID thing. I mean, it, yeah, it can happen, obviously, but uh, obviously that's a big deal if uh, he, if it is COVID and then we'll see what it, that extends to anybody else on the Padres. Yeah, and, he, and he's coming off his second best, I would say second best start of the season. Mm-hmm. So that was something positive for Snell, who I don't have tons of faith in. So yeah, we'll see how this all plays out if it's a COVID thing or if it's an illness or, or whatever, it's, he's certainly not coming off a terrible start. So there's, I don't think there, I don't think this is anything where they're, you know, like trying, trying to hold him back and, and work on his skills or something like that, but just want to blame it on something else. So yeah, we'll see how the next maybe 48 hours plays out. I guess if you're in a weekly league, you're frustrated, but if it, if it's a, if it's not a COVID thing, then you could get a start from him maybe in a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's right. Um, and We'll see about that. Craig Stammen is getting to start. Basically, that's a COVID. Day. I mean, that's a bullpen day. It means mm-hmm. that you'll have like two, three innings out of him tops, and then they'll kind of go through a bunch of people. Now, keep in mind too. I uh, mean, they already uh, are, are kind of having some issues right now. Uh, you know, we're going to probably see Ryan Weathers at the end of the week, and he's not going to go deep into games. They just put uh, Denelson Lamette on the IL. They are coming off a, an off day yesterday, at least, but they're going to be kind of taxed pretty hard pretty quickly. Absolutely. Drew Pomerantz is back. That's good news for them. Although he's yeah. not going to eat in like he's not going to eat innings. Like his innings will be important, but not plentiful. So uh, Stammen actually has been one of the better relievers in baseball so far this year, mostly unowned in fantasy leagues. Um, you know, he's, he's taken in the NLs, but and I wouldn't recommend using him tonight because he has zero chance of getting a win tonight because he's not going to throw five innings, but, right. um, but you know, he could write the ship still at least and he, he could throw three scoreless innings, two scoreless innings and get them off to a good start tonight. 
So in the Tout Wars DFS contest, I tentatively have a red stack going in reaction to this. Uh, Nick Castellanos, for some reason, is only $4,000 on DraftKings. Uh, fresh off his seven RBI game. I guess he was a little bit of a slump earlier last week. And, it were, you know, obviously the prices were set with Snell in mind. But still, right. it was interesting to see him so cheap, uh, even with a, against Lefty. And meanwhile, Jesse Winker is 5000 which is a pretty hefty price. I actually have both of them going right now. I reserve the right to switch that before uh, first pitch, but uh, right now that's the way I'm leaning. Yeah, I, I can't. I actually don't. Well, I, I guess this this news makes them a little bit more appealing. I do, like I said, I do believe in stamina, and I think he could get the Potters off to a good start. Um, but things, like you said, they're running out of maybe bulk relievers, so things could go downhill after that. Maybe you could see the Reds really get to them innings like three through six something like that and and right. then and then it depends where the Padres go from there depending on how the game's going if it's not going well then it could you know then they could throw out some of their weakest relievers and it could keep going so that's I think that's not a bad stack idea all right while we're on the Reds were you in on the bidding for Amir Garrett this past week I was not um you've convinced me that the Reds are never going to have a closer it's just yeah. going to be a closer committee all season. So I'm not, I'm not buying it. Actually, I don't know if I had any opportunities to add Garrett, mm-hmm. maybe in like one league. I think he was gone in almost all, if not all of my leagues. So um, yeah, I think I know with Sims out and Anton out, they're kind of running out of people, but, right. but then Brad Brock, but then Brad Brock gets a save. So, you know, Bell is staying true to form. He'll just use whoever. So maybe Garrett leads the team in saves, in the next, like, say from now till the All-Star break or a little beyond that. But, yeah, you've, you've successfully convinced me that I don't want any of these Reds relievers unless they end up trading for a, you know, a real closer type in July, which I don't I don't know if they will. Yeah, I don't think they will either. Uh, yeah. I don't think they're going to do anything significant. Uh, I mm-hmm. think they'll be – they're going to try to find the under-the-radar moves. Um, and, they're, and, and that might work, but it's kind of – it just reminds me of some of the bad old days where they just always had to find the next Pete Shurik the next guy that, you know, hmm. dumpster diving guy that worked out really well. You know, they did, you know, Jim Bowden did a great job with that. But at the same time, he always had to do that. That, w- that was the frustrating hmm. part about being a Reds fan back then. And it's still kind of true now. Um, my, my Blue Jays had a bit of an under the radar move today, although I think it caught like a little bit of radar just because Corey Dickerson's got a bit of a name. So I see that. I can see the Reds making those types of trades like the Blue Jays made today just I think that's I, I don't I don't think that's all the Blue Jays will do, but I can see the Reds making some of those trades where they just pick up, um, you know, a, a reliever here and there, like how the Blue Jays picked up Adam Simber from the the Marlins today for not for not too much. So I was just going to say Simber is more interesting to me, at least in terms of what the Jays need. Yeah, I mean, I, I get Dickerson is the left-handed bat they don't have, but I think this hurts Dickerson's fantasy value because I can't see him playing all that often. <sighs> Hundred percent. So it temporarily hurts his fantasy. Well, he's hurt, but it it makes it makes me have no interest in picking him up when he comes right. back. That being said, what are the odds that Springer, Hernandez, Grichuk, Guriel all stay healthy the whole second half? Probably not that great. So there probably yeah. will be a period of time. The good thing about Dickerson is he's he's actually good enough that he could just be an everyday player. If yeah. the Blue Jays now he's probably hitting seventh in that lineup or eighth, but he could be an everyday player if a guy goes on the IL. So I think Dickerson's someone who you don't really want to grab. But if the Blue Jays get an injury to one of those four players, all of a sudden he becomes pretty much an everyday player because they they'd love to have another left-handed bat in the lineup, but they're not pushing one of those guys out. So yeah, I, I agree. It's not good for his overall fantasy value, but it could make him more interesting for say two to four weeks at some point in the second half than he would have ever been on the Marlins. So, so that, but you're right. Simber's the bigger haul for the Jays. He's not fantasy relevant, but it just in a, in a bridging the, the sixth, seventh, eighth innings, you know, he could be very useful for them. Well, yeah. And we had, a, we'll get to it. Well, let's just bring it up now. We have a Jordan Romano question. I might as well throw to it now since we're going to be, uh, uh, you know, we'll just take a question earlier rather than later. Ryan Rufas, uh, Jordan Romano, top 10 closer rest of the season, or the Jays add more bullpen depth via trade? Uh, in addition to this trade, I think, they, you know, Simber is obviously not a big needle mover, but what are, what's your take on the Jays closer situation? So I th- I think he could be their closer the rest of the way, but I wouldn't rule uh, Merriweather out. I think Merriweather will be back at some point yeah. in July. And, you know, Merriweather was kind of becoming brief, very briefly kind of becoming their closer at the start of the season. I think Merriweather's a really good pitcher. Uh, his injury wasn't an arm injury. 
when he comes back, I like if he if he can come back and stay healthy, like I have no reason to believe that uh, you know that he'll be anything less than a hundred percent as far as his ability to pitch. So I could see a situation where Merriweather comes back and they go back to what they were doing at the beginning of the year, where they're just mixing and matching. Um, I also worry a little bit. They've overused Romano lately. Uh, we'll just see how that all plays out. Charlie Montoya Monto even said something recently after a game where he was like, look, I couldn't bring Romano in for any more outs. Like, like we're already using him more because the rest of the bullpen's been so bad lately. We're, we're already using him more than we really need to. So I wouldn't have him in my top 10 because I, I don't think the Jays are going to trade for Rizal Iglesias or something like that, although I wouldn't rule it out. I don't think that'll happen, but, um, but I do think Merriweather will get into that late inning picture in some capacity. I kind of hope the Reds trade back for Rizal Iglesias, admit the error of their ways. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. Anyways, we teased the uh, headline of uh, this uh, of this episode, the hero we all need, because Kesson Hero was a hero last night. Three-run homer in that wild 10-run eighth inning for the Brewers. Uh, okay, reason for hope with Kesson Hero? Are we, uh, are we back on that train? I traded him away in Tout Wars on Sunday, so no. I'm, I, I'm, not on, <laughs> I'm not on that train. What did you um, get for him? Maybe I should. Maybe I should be. So this is very league specific, but in the NL only, I traded him in $45 fab for Steven Strasburg. And I'm not a Strasburg guy at all. Um, Mm -hmm. But Phil Hertz, who had Strasburg on his roster, was looking to move him. And uh, it's hard to get really good pitchers in the NL only league. And my team just happens to be like significantly out in front in all four of the cumulative hitting categories. So my, my OBP is really what I care about. And even if Hira has mm-hmm. a better second half, I can't see him really helping my OBP. So, uh, so I had actually left him on my bench for okay. all the time since, since he was originally sent down way back in April, he's been on my bench. And even when they called him back up, I didn't put him in my lineup because I can't, I can't bring in someone who's going to ruin my OVP uh, and I don't need the home, the home runs or the RBIs as much as right. I, so, so anyway, so for me, that felt like an interesting fit. Hopefully I get maybe two months of starts from Strasburg. Um, like I'd be happy if I could get August and September from Strasburg, that would be great. And then I didn't have to touch any of the hitters who I'm actually using and are, are have built up this lead in these counting stat categories. So I don't know. I'm not a Strasburg guy. Um, I'm not a never hero guy, but on that team, it made a lot of sense to get rid of them. You are more, we don't need another hero guy. Oh, that uh, team does. That team needs a pitching hero because mm-hmm. actually it's starting to get one in Luis Castillo. I've been, uh, he was definitely not a hero up to this point, but the last couple of weeks he's been a lot better. So, uh, but it just need it. Just, yeah. It just needs some pitching in for some pitching help. So uh, hopefully I didn't pay. I didn't pay much, obviously, to get Strasburg. I gave up someone on my bench and then only. So hopefully that pays off. I really didn't want to give up one of my like like core hitters who have got got me off to this good start in the hitting category. So right. we'll see. But but back to Hira, uh, you know, we know what Hira can be. Like we've seen it already. Like he can, he can hit home runs. He can steal the odd base. He got homers in three of his last four games. He hasn't actually still striking out though a fair amount. He's had five strikeouts in his last three games. So I don't know yep. if he can help you in batting average. I'm not sold yet. No, he won't help you in batting average, but no. he was hitting 400 in the minors with a 29% strikeout rate. That was not going to ever hold, but I did pick him up in our uh, friends and family league. The second that Vogelbach got hurt because okay. I just saw that they had to call him up. There was really no other alternative. And my team is pretty mediocre in that league. And I need all the help I can get. Not unlike you, who's in second place in that league. It's very quietly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Very quietly. Yeah, so uh, I, although the way of striking out earlier, we'll make one more bad pun. Uh, we could all be heroes, uh, but yeah. uh, you know, it, you know, with the way he was uh, striking out so frequently. Yeah, I, he, I was gonna say like I, I just as far as so I saw Hero go, and I know you and Scott talked about this. I saw him go for I think in my main event league he went for triple digits. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I guess I get it. I felt like what, the other thing with here is, and this, I guess this won't happen unless he can get some singles is like when he was coming up, I felt like we, he was being advertised as more of a base stealer and he did steal nine and 84 games in his rookie season. So I thought maybe this was going to be like a high teens, 20 steel guy. And if, if here, could be like a 25 Homer, 15, 17 steel guy, like I'd take the low batting average. Um, sure. But we have, but he 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 can't even get enough batting average even to steal to get his chances to steal bases. So 
you know, he's got four steals since the start of last year and that's in, you know, about a hundred games. So, I mean, you can get some power, but man, I don't know. There are power hitters out there. There are guys on the waiver wire. I picked up Ryan O'Hearn in some leagues. I picked up Lamont Wade Jr. in some, some leagues like for yep. single, single digit fab in the hopes of just kind of getting like one homer and a low batting average in a week. Um, here's got to do something where he separates from those guys. And I'm just not sure what it is. Like if he's going to hit 230, uh, 225 with a homer a week. I, I don't know if that separates from those guys. And, and I don't know if he can do any better than that if he, unless unless he stops striking out so much. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so, yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's the thing. I, I'm just going for, like, the power speed upside of him there and just no, kind of like the Tyler O'Neill approach. Hope it sticks. Mm-hmm. But in, in an OBP league, I'm with you, and that's why I didn't keep uh, Javi Baez at a reasonable price in an OBP league over the offseason because he just destroyed that category for you. Just destroy it. Yeah. Last year was especially bad, but he's like 260 again this year in OBP, in which obviously we know that's horrible. Yeah, and, and you can't have in – in a mixed league, you, you probably don't want any of those guys on your team. You can, And it's the same as the batting average like, category. Like You can have guys who hit right now like 225, 230. You can have a couple of them, but you don't want the 180 guy. Mm-hmm. And and in the batting average – in the OBP league, yeah, you, like I have Adam Duvall on that Toad NL team, and he's been – awful in OBP, but, it, but it, on an NL team, you, you almost need to take it to get what he'll probably hit, you know, roughly 30 home runs this year. Like you just need to, to take that, but in a mixed league, you really don't. Right. I think you're right about that. Kyle Schwarber, 15 homers in June. What the heck? Yeah. Didn't lead off. Can you explain it? Uh, not really. Like, well, Kyle Schwarber's always been like, he's always been a capable like power hitter, like, like that's, I don't think that's ever been a question. I know he only hit 11 home runs last year, but I mean, 38 the year before. So like, this is a guy who does when everything's going well, legitimately have, you know, 35 ish home run power. Um, the thing with Schwarber, I, I, I don't think much really has changed with him, except that he's just on a heater right now. Um, he's still a left-handed bat who doesn't hit lefties. Like he's got one home run, Mm-hmm. He's hitting 221 with one homer against lefties this year. And you might say, well, he doesn't play much against lefties. Well, actually, he does. He has 84 plate appearances against them, and he's got one home run and is hitting 221. So he's doing all his damage with righty against righties. That's what he's done his whole career. Um, I think just eventually he cools off and settles back into that kind of like 1.5 homers a week guy that that he usually is. Uh, I think hitting leadoff though is great for him. It just gives him that those extra plate appearances, which right. maybe boosts his homer total a bit. But this heater, like if I had Schwarber in a trading league, which I don't, I think I would look to sell. Yeah. The other thing too, is he, he's going to get a lot of thing, a lot of pitches to hit too, because with Turner and mm-hmm. Soto behind him, yeah, they're not going to want to walk him uh, if possible. Although it's, uh, it's weird how bad Soto is. Or I shouldn't say how bad, but how he disappointing he is how many ground balls he's hitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just not getting any elevation yet, which I think that get, I think that corrects, but until it does, it's really frustrating. Yeah, he he's so talented that I just assume he'll he'll figure that out at some point. But but I lived through the too many ground balls with Vlad Guerrero for a while, and, and it took like that he didn't couldn't correct that during a season. Like he had to correct that through an off season. So hopefully Soto, but Soto Vlad had that problem right basically from the start of his career, and it took yeah. him until now to correct it. Maybe Soto didn't. He's always been in that. He's always trended in that area a bit, and so is Christian Yelich, for example. But. Um, right. But Soto, like Vlad, just got better and better, maybe at not hitting ground balls. Whereas Soto, uh, he he's been amazing. So he just needs to get back to that. Like right now, the ground Agreed. balls are a problem. Agreed. So I feel like he could maybe snap out of it midseason. Whereas maybe Vlad needed like months away from game action to make it happen. So, but I do think you're right. Soto, like or back to Schwarber, like he's hitting leadoff. He's hitting in front of two really good players. Um, I don't love that lineup overall. Once you get past the top half of it, uh, but those guys will stay all year. Even if even if they fall out of the race, even if Max Scherzer gets traded or something like that, which has been a rumor a lot this year, um, I think Schwarber, um, Turner, and Soto will be there all year. So I, I, I when I said I, I'd look to trade Schwarber, like I'm not saying I'm, I'd be like itching to trade him, but uh, I might find a few guys who are near the bottom of my league in home runs and just see if anyone wanted to give me a lot for him. Good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've accentuated some of the good. Before we uh, talk about some of the bad from yesterday, quick note from Blue Wire. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And we're back. All right. Uh, so we talked about a couple of good guys. Unfortunately, there's a couple of really awful performances last night, starting with Matt Manning. I actually used him in DFS last night, Fred. What an idiot. <laughs> Horrible decision. Uh, yes. It wasn't even one of those, okay, he was, like bloopers were dropping in or anything like that. No, he was straight up bad. He would have ruined your DFS night by like seven, like all Eastern time, like seven thirty. I'm assuming eight o'clock, like it, like within the first hour. That so that's a last night was a true gomber. Yes, like, like that was a Monday. Gomber. You might have to call it a Manning because Gomber has actually gotten good. Gomber's been uh, great. I'm not yeah. hurt, but yeah, three and two thirds, nine hits, nine runs, two homers, no walks, at least. Yay, uh, two yeah. Ks. Just uh, yeah, it. You know the thing is. It, he was it was bad enough when he had given up like five, and then oh, let's try to squeeze one more inning out of him. And they got the the, the classic the hang on too long thing. They get added on four more after mm-hmm. that. You know his first two starts are okay. In fact, he even beat the Cardinals last time out. But I guess the signs were kind of there. Only one strikeout in that start. Three strikeouts in his first start in the minor leagues. He had been getting. I mean, this is the oddest promotion. He had an eight ERA before he got promoted from AAA. Yeah, I can't figure this one out at all. Like, like Manning is supposed to be a big part of the Tigers' long-term future. He wasn't doing well in the minors. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what I'm not sure what they saw as an organization in his minor league starts where they thought, "Hey, maybe if we bring him up to face better players, he'll do better." I'm not like I can't figure that one out at all. Um, mm-hmm. But it hasn't. But as you said, it hasn't worked at all. He, he's not missing any bats. Like six strikeouts in 14 and a third innings. And that's, that's right. 14 and a third innings with a lot of batters faced in those innings. So yeah. uh, six strikeouts. Like he, he's just, he's not fooling anyone. He wasn't fooling anyone in AAA. Uh, Although he, struck, think, he was striking guys out in AAA though. 36 okay. and 30, and 36Ks and 32 and a third. So not like yeah, blowing that's away, better. but no, that's, better. that's a pretty good rate. Yeah, for Sorry sure. So, uh, but I think this guy needs to go back. I think they need to put him for his sake, probably put him back in AAA and just, like, like, I don't know, maybe they give him another start just to get and hope that it's even just decent, just to kind of get that, this one out of his memory. But mm-hmm. from a fantasy perspective, I think he's a full drop. I would consider dropping him in an AL only. Yeah. I, just I just don't think that success is around the corner for him. Cause it's not like he's like striking out a bunch of guys, but he's just a little wild and maybe he can get it under control. And you know how, mm-hmm. how guys like Vince Velasquez always tease us and they have an eight strikeout start and then they have a six walk start and then they, we get burned. And I don't know. I just don't see anything in Manning, 
you know, like his first start was his first two starts were okay. Like they were fine as far as like an ERA goes, but right beyond that, like four strikeouts and four walks in those two starts. Like it, it just doesn't seem like, uh, like he's ready yet. It's he's still pretty pedig- young. Yeah. It's only pedigree basically. That's what we're yes. betting on here with that. Yeah. Um, it was a sick night for Dylan Bundy too. Uh, okay. it was actually literally threw up behind yes. the mound. Uh, he, he, it's been a tough go with him. I, 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 I didn't want to have to start him anywhere. Um, you know, he had a two-start week, and yet you didn't want to start him with the start against the Yankees. Uh, what do you do with Dylan Bundy? Do you still have him anywhere? Did you have him anywhere? So, no, I never did. I wasn't okay. against having him. It just didn't – I wasn't against having him. It just didn't really work out. There were just maybe other players I liked in that range, or I wasn't really – I'd say moreover, I wasn't really taking pitchers in that range. I felt like he's, he's kind of like a round eight type mm-hmm. guy. I wasn't really taking pitchers in that range, but – um, I would say that what happened last night can't change your opinion on anyone's opinion on Bundy at all. Like he was pitching, it was really hot and humid. He got sick. That's too bad. I mean, the fact that he wasn't off to a great start, like obviously him being sick is probably part of that. But I mean, when you go back and look at his game log, I can't believe now it's similar to Manning. Like I can't believe how few strikeouts there are. Like yeah. if you go back, let me see here. Three, six, seven, the previous seven starts, he only got more than three strikeouts once. Like wow. that is like, like that is like awful, awful, <laughs> awful. He only has more than six in one start all season. And it was way For a guy that had a bunch of strikeouts last year. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So his, so this is a great example of where strikeout like K per nine is not a great example. Like he's done so poorly this year. His K per nine is down a lot from last year, but the eight, his 8.3 K per nine looks like where you're like, Oh yeah, that's like, it's not good, but it's not that bad. But then when you realize how many batters he's facing an inning because he's been pitching so poorly this year, and then you want to get into strikeout percentage. I don't happen to have his strikeout percentage in front of me right now, but it, like 21. Not, there you it's, go. Yeah. It was 27 last year. As a yeah. So, so big, big drop. Um, yeah. Like it, even if he's having, he's got a few starts in there. They're, they're mostly really bad. Like it's like, he's got really bad starts and then he's got starts where you're like, okay, he didn't kill me. You know, like last time out four innings against Detroit, four innings, two runs, one earned. Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh, okay. He didn't kill me, but he got you two strikeouts. Like you'd be better That's, off. To that, that does kill you too. Cause Absolutely. that's an opportunity cost in a weekly league. You'd just be better off to use Craig Stammen. Like yeah. he'll get you more than two strikeouts that week. Yeah. And, and we'll probably, he has better win potential. If Bundy's not, Bunny has one win this year and, and he's pitched like a guy who only deserves one win. So I don't know, yeah. like, and the angels are kind of falling out of it a bit. Um, I don't know. I don't, I would, I would be comfortable letting him go. Yeah, I would too. Uh, yeah. I think he's been picked up and dropped a bunch of times already this year. People right. keep thinking that he's going to bounce back, but eh, I don't think so. I, I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm definitely not inclined to buy low either. I, I just, no. I'm just going to let him be. So. That's right. That's right. He got dropped in one of my leagues. Um, this pat, like not Sunday, he was available on Sunday. And I think I had him in my bid queue, but like six pitchers down where I, for a dollar where I knew I probably wouldn't end up with them. If I right. got him, it was, there, it was kind of one of those situations where there was someone I wanted to drop. So I was like, well, if I get Bundy, I'll just put him on my bench for a week and see how this week goes. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not, if I was going to buy low on a pitcher, this isn't the guy. Yeah. The player you might buy low on as a hitter is Reese Hoskins. Uh, awful so far uh, this month. 133 in June, 0 for last night. Uh, he's horrible in the field, too, to boot, uh, which is, you know, literally to boot. Uh, and not in a Dylan Bundy good, good sort of way. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, he he was the guy that started the Hector Norris blown save on Saturday with a bat, with a bad air. Uh, and, you know, you're putting him at first base. You remember, I remember the year they put him in the outfield, how bad that was. This is way worse. When you can't play out, when you can't play first base, that's a big problem. Yes, that's definitely more noticeable. And, um, you know, it, it, yeah, always takes me back to the, the money ball quote that everyone talks about, you know, how hard is it to play yeah. first base? Well, it's very hard. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, anyway, you know, so the, I do think he though, may, and maybe the fielding problems are getting into his head a little bit, like at the plate. I'm not really sure. But when I look at his underlying numbers for June, uh, like he's just been really on, unlu- I think mostly he's just been really unlucky. Like he was great in May. Well, of course his BABIP in May was 371 and in June it's 111. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. you're, not, you're not overcoming a 111. BABIP. Nope. And then when I look at some of his other, like some of his batted ball stats, like 
He's had a ton of fly balls this month, but his home run to fly ball rates just really low. His hard contact rates actually better, a lot better this month than when it was in May when he was hitting really well. Um, so I, I think he is an interesting buy low right now. Uh, his strikeout rate's the same in June as it was in May, and it's a lot better than it was in April. His walk rate's pretty much the same as it was in May. I, I could see this just being some like a, a lot of really bad luck, and he maybe gets a break. Maybe maybe he slumps all the way to the All-Star break, and then he comes around, or maybe he has a two-homer game tomorrow night and or tonight and then snaps right out of it. I, I could see him coming around. I think he's an interesting buy low right now. If, if someone's looking for, for that profile, which as we've discussed, there's a lot of them out there, but that profile of a power hitter who's not going to help your batting average. Yeah, I think you're right about but not that. kill it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think so too. And you know, I, I, you know, there's a lot of first base types like that in his group, you know, and I always find like, okay, do I start him or him or him? And it's just, there, there's a bunch of guys in that area there. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple other guys we want to talk about news wise. Uh, we, we saw this, uh, saw a couple of things that happened uh, today. Uh, first of all, Alex Bregman, news on him that he's not close to returning. Now, this isn't really a surprise if you paid attention to what was uh, said at the time of his injury. Dusty Baker's like, we're going to be without him for a while. Well, a while means not close now. So it's just something to watch for with him. A little bit more Abraham Toro, a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more um, Robo Garcia as well for the, the Astros. Yeah, I kind of wish I had put a little more on Toro. I, I didn't. I don't have him anywhere. I, I put in like pretty minimal bids on him over the past couple of weeks. There's some leagues where he went two weeks ago, and a couple of leagues where he sw- slid through to last Sunday. I put in, you know, like like I said, like in an NFBC format, kind of like eight bucks, and I mm-hmm. put in one. I put in one in our mixed labor league. I wish I put in a little more because uh, I because we you're right. We all thought that Bregman would be out for a while, and he's going to be out for a while. And I think the Astros are really good. So I'd love to have Toro, even though I don't think Toro's awesome or anything, but I'd love to have him in that lineup for a month. Um, so I wish I had been maybe a little bit more, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's a little bit situation dependent, but at least in some of my leagues, I, I wish I had bid a little more. I think for sure Bregman's a guy you hold everywhere though, right? Yeah, absolutely. No matter what. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like he's going on the 60 day or anything like that at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, like unlike Mike Trout, who just got put on the 60 day, although it doesn't really change his timetable at all. It's more just a managing the roster sort of thing. He was not going to, it just confirms he's not coming back early from this injury. Yeah. 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 And I mean, the angels don't need to hurry him back. Like they're not in a race right. anyway. So yeah. yeah. Yon Moncada, not in the lineup today. He's battling a shoulder issue. Uh, his right shoulder is barking according to Tony LaRusso. So uh, hate to see that. Um, you know, we, we've spent some time on Moncada, you know, he's getting on base. That's great. Um, yeah. He's not running though. And he's not hitting for power. That's not great. No, I, I have no Mon- Moncada shares. I haven't been a Moncada guy really in his career. I was when he first came in in the majors because here's an, more, way more so than Keston here, a Moncada profile coming up as someone who's mm-hmm. going to be a great base dealer. Like he had some really high stolen base numbers in the right. minor. This guy's going to be, I thought he was going to be a 30 steal guy in the majors and it nowhere. He still doesn't have 30 steals in his career. So yeah, like like he's getting on base, which is good. He's hitting for average this year with a little bit of BABIP help. Well, like a decent amount of BABIP help. So I don't know how secure that really that batting average. I think he might be more like a his career two sixty two. I don't know if he's even really profiled. I'd have, to, I'd have to look up his XBA this year. But anyways, he he he's playable, but I don't know. His paces aren't good. Like if he finishes the year with eleven homers and five steals. That's not good. <laughs> Mixed league, yeah. like, even if he gets eighty up to eighty and runs runs an eighty RBIs, which he's not even on pace for either of those. So I think he's he's like a guy when he's healthy. You can just in a fifteen teamer, he's just in your lineup and you don't really think too much about him. In a twelve, though, I think you'd have to think about him from Monday to Thursday and from Friday to Sunday and look at his matchups and be like, and look at your other options and say, do I do I for sure want him in? Because the odds that he gives you anything special in that stretch seems pretty small at this point. He's got 11 homers and two steals in 123 games since the start of last year. Yeah. Um, I was kind of on him as a buy low and obviously that didn't work out so far. And the only, and of course it's the main event is where I have him. It's the only thing I have him in too, but you know, when you're talking about leave it, just leave him in there in a 15 team league. Yeah. You got to leave him in there, especially with the attrition rate we've seen with hitters yeah. this year. Uh, but man, I mean, it's just, you just have to deal with this lack of production. It just stinks. 
Yeah, to me, these stats and actually the person I'm going to name has been on it like a little bit of a heater lately. So, but I was going to say he reminds me, these remind me of Cesar Hernandez stats until a couple months ago where Hernandez, mm-hmm. like for the past couple of years was, he played every day. His, he did, he helped your batting average a bit. Um, but beyond that, he didn't really do much like Hernandez last season, three homers, no steals the year before 14 homers, nine steals, which feels about where Moncada is headed this year. Now, Hernandez all of a sudden lately has been hitting for power and he's got 11 homers already this year, but I was just going to uh, quiz you on that, but you already knew, uh, so yeah, cause I have him on a, on a team or two. So I noticed that he lately has been hitting for power, but, but Hernandez was always a guy before this last few weeks. And I am assuming Hernandez will go back to being himself at some point. Um, but he's always a guy who I feel like in a 15 team, you just have him and mostly you play him and he's like one of your weakest players but you just live with that because you took him in round 23 so right it's fine the problem with Moncada is you probably took him in round seven or eight and you were expecting like a lot more than this yeah absolutely right Cesar Hernandez's last stolen base was 2019 though mm-hmm. which is I can't, be- I can't believe baffling that. Like, me. It, and he was nine for 11 in 2019 yeah. and then he went to Cleveland and they have not let him try to steal a base in now no. 131 games. Yeah. I and he hits leadoff all the time. Yeah, that's true. Like I can't, and it's not like our stacked lineup where you're like, well, we can't, we can't take a chance of running to an out with these guys up. Like their lineup's right. not stacked. It's just fine. And Barely. they don't have some sort of organizational prohibition on running either. Ahmed Rosario is running, which yeah. is, by the way, it's interesting. They are paired on the same team because Rosario is another one of those mysterious don't run guys last year. I think he was more of a don't get on base guy. And that's what really happened to him. And they've always let Jose Ramirez run and they always let Lindor run. So I I don't, I know Terry Franco is, I wouldn't call him an aggressive base running manager, but Mm -hmm. he's always let, like, like I say, he's always let Lindor or sorry, Ramirez is going to get double digits this year. And, which is plenty for a superstar. And he had 10 last year, just in the 60 game season, Lindor always ran. So no, they, they clearly are not willing to let Hernandez run. Like if he steals one base the rest of the way, I probably, I set the over under for him the rest of the way. It probably won. All right. Yeah. 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 I think I would too. Uh, you post this question in our outline, um, rest of the season, Garrett Cole or Kevin Gossman sounds crazy on the face of it, but Gossman has been pitching great despite the recent crackdown on sprint on spin, excuse me. Uh, but Garrett Cole is stuck in the no spin zone and he, he's not as strong as he's been lately. He's had some pretty good outings in there. I know a good game against your Jays. Uh, got a win on that one, but not the same dominant strikeout numbers. I don't think he's had a double digit K game for over a month now. Uh, what say you on your own question? Yeah. So I don't know. I just kind of thought about this today because yeah he hasn't since june started he had a bad start cole had a, a bad start against the rays where he gave up five runs and then he had three starts in a row where he only gave up two um but in those starts like the one start against the twins he got nine strikeouts but like you said he had a good start against my jays that being said in that start he like he only got four strikeouts um so you know like good for ratios for sure but but that's not the cole that we were seeing really at any point in the past like three years or so like like this and then he comes out the next time he has a good start against the royals but only six strikeouts um and then he has a bad start against boston with six strikeouts uh over five like pretty long tough innings so i don't know i was just thinking about this and i said well like what is more likely like gossman has a better era a better fip what are the and right now gossman's striking out batters at a higher rate lately like then cool mm-hmm. since they've put this ban in what is a what are what odds are higher are the odds higher that gossman regresses significantly the rest of the way or are the odds higher that cole figures it out and becomes like a eight strikeout nine strikeout per start guy again without whatever he was using because i don't even think there's a question as to whether cole was one of the users of, of this, these substances, like he basically, oh, yeah. he basically said that himself. Yeah, for sure. For so sure. Is, um, so I don't think it's so crazy for someone with Cole. I think if you had Cole, you could just on name value, you could maybe trade him for Gossman. I don't know if I, if I run the Twitter poll, who would you rather have rest of season Cole or Gossman? What would you guess the results would be? I would guess it'd still be three to one in favor of Cole. I think so name. too. I think I would also vote for Cole. Interesting. I I might too. It's just. You should run the poll though. I'm going to. 
I will right. do that after after we're done here. Uh, it's just in, it, so also with Gossman, some other just little side benefits. Mm -hmm. His park is way easier to pitch in. His true. team his team is actually doing better than I mean I know Cole right, pitches on the on the Yankees, but like I think again if I was gonna get if I'm gonna guess the final ALE standings right now, I'm putting the Yankees in fourth. Um, yeah. I still think they'll be about 500, but I, but it's just such a good division right now that I'm putting them in fourth. I think the giants are going to continue on and make playoffs. I don't know if they'll win the division, but the giants are a good team. So Cole, Gosman has as much win potential probably as Cole. He's got a better park. He's been pitching great. He doesn't show, he's not showing any signs that as far as his performance, that the, the changes are, are really impacting him. Like his he's got 15 strikeouts in his last two starts. Uh, he's going deep into games too. I mean, the only the only reason I think you take Cole is just that it's hard to imagine Cole going that far backwards. But uh, I don't know. Things changed really big on Cole when he got to Houston. It's true. It like, is true. Like he was not that good on the Pirates. He was really good one year, like quite good, but not actually still even that year on the Pirates. Like we had the two sixty ERA. He was still two hundred and two strikeouts in two hundred eight innings. So no, like nothing even similar to what he was as soon as he got to Houston. That is true. If that he goes true. back to being Pirates Garrett Cole, that is a big problem for people who drafted him in the first round. And I think I have him on two teams. I've got him main event. I've got him in our league together in labor. Uh, I've got him a couple other places too. Yeah. It, you know, and every time Cole doesn't pitch well, just breaks my heart. Yeah. I mean, it's it just, it's just such a killer. It, you, you know, spent you, like a top five, six pick on him. Right. You're like, oh, yes, it's cold day. This is where I yes. move up four points in the standings day. Yes. And then, no, no, you're not. I know. I, I just, and, and we know he's going to have a lot of AL East games the rest of the way. So, like, it's not going to be an easy ride for him. Right. Um, whereas Gossman has a lot of nice parks at West and some teams like the Diamondbacks, who are pretty easy pickings. The Rockies are generally pretty easy pickings. I mean, not so much when they're at home, although that Rockies lineup, but if they, I think they'll almost for sure trade story this summer. I didn't see, I don't see any reason they would keep them. Um, that Rockies lineup could be so bad like on paper. It is so bad. Story. It already is bad, but it I take is out, so bad. Take out their best hitter and, and put in just any, any random guy. And it, it could be, could be even, it will be, it will be even worse. So, um, so Gossman could have an easier schedule. He's just in the NL in general for most of his starts, which is just helpful. Um, I don't know. I, I'm starting to think that maybe, maybe this is recency bias. I'm starting to think that maybe I would just take Gossman. It's the sticky substances, just to be clear. Like, yeah, yeah. If that wasn't part of the equation, if Cole had just had like a bad June, I wouldn't be like, oh, we got to trade Cole. If I was, if we were doing a, you know, how there's Memorial Day drafts. If we were doing a, a, mm -hmm. a Fourth of July draft, um, if nothing, if we we're doing a Fourth of July draft and we did it tonight, I don't think I could take Cole in the first round. I don't even know if I could take him in the second round. It's so funny how the narrative has changed in one month. Yeah. Because when we did this, that second, that Memorial Day draft, I think the ratio was seven to five pitchers to hitters, maybe eight to four even. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going would be that way anymore. No. Um, I, uh, first of all, I think any doubt about Otani's done, he's met, he's now a first rounder for sure. Uh, because he's just, he's playing, he's hitting every day. They might need, I saw a note saying he might not even pitch this week. Because because uh, it's so hot and humid in Yankee Stadium, they just want he's so valuable hitting wise. They may just let him hit, but uh, and it, you know you're you're using him as a hitter almost all the time. Yeah. But Vladdy, Acuna, and Tatis are also going in the first round, and then that's when yeah. that's when the game gets a little afoot. You know, do you go Mookie? Do you go Soto? Do you go with anybody? Trey Turner? Trey Turner is almost certainly going in the first round. I think that's yeah. a good point. Um, yeah, I think it. I think it. Just one month later, I think that these second, these third chance drafts would be a lot different. Absolutely, and the sticky substances are the change. I know Shane Bieber got hurt, so that takes out a first round pitcher. But Me I would too. have taken, I would have taken Trevor Bauer in the first round on Memorial Day, and now I wouldn't. Yeah. And he and he was good last night. Like he was good against the Giants last night. He got a win. He was good from an ERA, and he got a win. He, his WHIP wasn't mm -hmm. great last night. Like he wasn't totally dominant like he was earlier. Um, before this mm -hmm. crackdown. So, I mean, it's huge. They've changed the rules for pitchers in the middle of the season. Um, you know, I, I, that's a lot for, I, what, we don't need to get into a long, like, should they have done this in the off season and all these things, but the, but cause all we care about is how to win fantasy leagues and right. like, we're not all we care about, but what we primarily care about. And I don't, I don't know, like it, it's a huge game changer 
for pitchers and Cole and Bauer are two of the headliners. I think Cole, especially just when you look at the stark changes, when he went to Houston that he's managed to carry with him to New York. Um, I would not be surprised at all. If Cole's just like a three something ERA guy the rest of the way. And if that's the case, you know, at a strikeout per inning, you know, sec, late second round, third round, something like that. But that's, I think where Gossman would be if we drafted right now. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, yeah. Who else kind of is, is part of our conversation there? Woodruff. I mean, he would be way up there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Actually, he went early second because I took him uh, like 3.3 or 2.3. Yeah. So I think, and, and the thing is, he's actually been a little less effective since then too. Uh, mm-hmm. At least his last outing. I, I, I seem to remember that being the case. Uh, any other pitchers would, you know, would you, or would you, you know, where Scherzer. Do you Scherzer. Yeah. And Scherzer, you know, he's kind of stood the test of time. I think yeah. Kershaw goes up a little bit too. Uh, you know, he's obviously we're talking recent bias, but long-term yeah. bias with Kershaw 13 Ks though in his last outing hard not to, uh, appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, if I was drafting right now, I think I would take Woodruff Oh, I think I would take Woodruff over Cole. I mean, I'd have to do a little more of a dive on how Woodruff, like you said, how Woodruff's been in June. But when you look at the ERA standings, there's three pitchers with an ERA under two. There's obviously DeGrom, and then it's Gossman and Woodruff. Uh, they're the three. And then it's Kyle, then it's our boy Kyle Gibson. Um, but I can't I can't put him up him up yeah. there yet. Uh, but yeah, I'd have Scherzer up there, like you said. I'd, I'd have um, Walker Bueller up pretty high. I was kind of down on Walker Bueller going into the season just because I didn't think the innings would be there, but so far they have been there. We'll see how the Dodgers manage them the rest of the way, but so far they, they've been there. So I've been wrong on that concern. Right. I, I, unless the Dodgers do what the Dodgers do to him and he misses three weeks at some point this season, just to conserve his innings. That's kind of what I expected at some point, a phantom IL stint or something, but maybe the fact that the NL West is way tighter than everyone expected it to be. Yeah. will will prevent that from happening. I don't know, but uh, I think Cole now comes back to the pack where it's like DeGrom way out front. Actually, there there used to be a big three. Now I think mm-hmm. there's just a big one. And then I think there's just a pack with Woodruff, with Cole, with Gossman, with Scherzer, you know, Kershaw, right. Zach, Wheel- Zach Wheeler. Yeah, he's Mus- been amazing. Musgrove. By the way, Woodruff had one bad start and it was at Coors Field. So Okay, so yeah, so don't worry about that. Although I did start yeah. him. Or in the one spot I own him, I did leave him out there. He's so good, I'd left him out for the course start. I would right. put those guys all in a group that second tier. I would probably leave the guys like Rodon and Trevor Rogers and Freddie Peralta. I'd probably push them to the third tier. I know they've pitched as well as those second tier guys, but I have a little more concern about their ability to just I agree. go the whole season and keep throwing innings. Like this, we're hitting uncharted territory with some of these guys as far as innings go. Yeah. I think they're all they're all in the th- third tier where they could keep it up. Or we could just have a day where the White Sox say they're skipping Rodon sometimes because they just are worried about his innings piling up and they're probably a playoff team. So, uh, you know, or a Phantom IL stint or something like that. The Marlins aren't going to be in it. They could just shut Rodgers down at some point. Yeah. I later, think, later I think in the season right. if, if they feel the need to do that. But, but I, so I think they're on the third tier. But my second tier guys would be, oh, Darvish. He'd be at the front of my second tier. Yeah, I'd take definitely. Darvish right now, really high. I think Lance Loon would be pretty high too. Yeah. He'd be in my second tier. So it's almost like I got just DeGrom and then like 10 guys. Yeah, I'd say that's about him. right. I, what do you do with Corbin Burns? Third tier. Yeah, I'm he's worried dropped about off him. a little bit lately. Yes, he has. And I worry a bit about his innings and everything else. So I would say, yeah, I would say third tier for him. I think, I think and that would be an interesting, not that anyone's drafting over the 4th of July that I know of, but um I don't know. That would be an interesting, like if you do, if you want to double tap aces, you could go hitter and then double tap aces rounds two, three and get two guys from that second tier. And if you didn't care about double tapping aces, you could go hitter hitter and then just let that second tier spread, let other people pick who they want and you take the last, last guy from it. Right. And then you maybe pound the third tier, I guess. That's right. That's do. right. And, and, t- and go and go for like a Rogers or a Peralta or something like that and hope that, that they last, especially maybe even one on a playoff team. Cause guys like Rodon and Freddie Peralta, they might get skipped or pushed back, but uh, the Brewers are going to be in it. I think all the way, I think they're my pick to win the division. So, um, you know, and the White Sox are my pick to win the division too. So I think, you know, I think those guys, they might get skipped or something, but I don't think they're getting shut down. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. All yeah. right, let's go lightning round here. A couple of uh, news and notes. Ketel Marte uh, back on the IL. Uh, 
tough with him because he's good, but he's fragile. Uh, it makes it unlikely that he gets dealt, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think he's probably there the rest of the way. But I think he's been too good to drop, especially when there's no real timeline. And I, I mean, maybe he gets dealt. Like, maybe he gets back in three, four weeks and just in time to get dealt, you know, right before the deadline. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's possible. But, yeah, I, he's been so good that I, it's frustrating for sure. Because if you, if you picked him, like, you nailed it. Like, on, on a per-game basis, it looks like you've nailed it. Like, you nailed a guy who bounced back. Um, and you just didn't get the games that you were looking for. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Paul Fry did not, could not finish the game. Baltimore still won the game. What happens uh, uh, with the Baltimore closing situation? Are you, I, I'm just ignoring it, to be honest with you. Uh, I mostly am too. I kind of wonder why they don't just use Cole Salser more as the closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got the best numbers in their bullpen. Strikeout rate's great. His ERA is great. His FIP's great. He's not walking that many guys. Like he's walking some guys. His, his walks per nine is 3.7. That's not awesome like or anything, but come on. For Baltimore's bullpen, this is a pretty good profile. Yeah. Um, you know, he's five for eight in save chances last year. He's two for two this year. I don't understand. And he pitched earlier last night. I do get the whole thing, high leverage situations, whatever. Um, but I'm not sure why they were so quick to try. They seem to really want fry. I'm not sure why they don't want Salser. but I would kind of just, they don't win enough for it to matter too much, but I don't want fry. I might want to keep an eye on Seltzer. Just I don't know. I just feel I, I felt all along like he he would be the better option, and he continues to pitch better than Fry and any, everyone else in that bullpen. Yeah, he does. Yeah, uh, Jake Faria pitched well uh, in a spot start against the Cardinals. Maybe it's more than a spot start. Uh, went four innings, only one run allowed. Uh, any interest in him long term? Um, probably not yet. But I'm going to keep an eye out for him. Like, I think we both remember that his rookie year, he was really good. You know, 343 RA, 118 whip, good strikeout rate, like basically a strikeout per inning with the Rays. Um, and then he's just had injuries, right? And he hasn't yeah. been able to get back. And he hasn't been able to get back on track. So um, he's still, he's only 27. Uh, I, I don't know. Getting a guy in the Diamondbacks isn't like really, really appealing right now. Since no. it feels like that, it feels like since about the beginning of May, they only win about once a week. So it's it's not really appealing right now. But I don't know. I'd at least keep an eye on the situation. I just feel like that team's been such a mess that if he pitches well, there'll be opportunities for him. Yeah, um, the pitching's been such a mess. I did pick yeah. up Joaquin Soria in the main event this week uh, because I'm that desperate for saves. Uh, but. Yeah, that is that is really desperate. I think, by the way, on the saves topic, and I'm going to write about this at some point soon. I mentioned it. I did a had a like a trade tips uh, Yahoo article come out today, and one thing I didn't just mention in there wasn't the topic of the article at all. But that um, I think it's time for us to start talking for people in the fantasy community to start talking about the fact that there are not closers on the waiver wire this year like there have no. been in previous years no. at all. Like so many of us have said like, well, I'll find some saves this year. That is not happening. I don't know how many weeks it's been since we've gone on. Like, can you remember the last week where people went on and everybody was going to bid triple digits on some guy because he's like for sure the new closer on his team. The manager said it, you know, he got two, got two saves last week. Like I don't, I don't remember that happening this year. Like we, we, we blew all that money on speculative blue Jays and reds and right. Right. I don't like, I don't know. It seems like there's teams who do, there's teams who have a committee and then there's also teams where they have a closer, but then if the closer's unavailable, then it's because he's injured, then it's a committee. I'm not, I'm not seeing the situation where there's just like a, like a closer who's clearly the closer, whether it's Hendricks, Hayter, Iglesias, Kimbrell. And then that guy goes down and then the manager just comes right out and says like, Oh, this guy's our closer he comes back and then we all race out and spend on him that's not happening anymore and i think it's got it that's going to change that's it's going to have to change how we draft closers mm-hmm. well, and, and even and look at so, yeah and i said buttress your point the the free agents that have gotten the most saves are yimi garcia who has 12 he's pretty much the sole closer for Miami. Yeah, he's yeah. probably the best one of these yeah. lou trevino has got 12 saves and great yeah. ratios but Deekman's got saves in that time period. Yep. Emmanuel Classe, great ratios, 11 saves, but Karen has been getting saves. Yep. Uh, and then, I mean, Tyler and those Rogers, guys were all gone in the first, those guys were all gone by the middle of April. Yeah. Tyler Rogers might've been hot and, you know, picked up in May, mm-hmm. but he's got nine saves and he hasn't had many lately. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you know, Cesar Valdez got his eight, then he's done. He, he's nowhere. Yeah. He's not sniffing saves. Hansel Robles has seven, but he's sharing it with Rogers. You know, it's just yeah. that that you go keep going down that list. Kendall Graven's been awesome, but he had the COVID thing and they, yeah. the way the Mariners use their bullpen. He only has seven saves. So you're yeah. not getting like the full benefit of the doubt there with them. There, there's there's really Jordan Romano, like, like Romano has six. And as we were already talking about, could, could, is there closer right now? He was dropped mm-hmm. in some leagues. So some people might've been able to add him, although it's not like you, but it's not like you added him as their closer. Right. You added him at some point as like, a, he's a good arm in a bullpen that's unsettled right now. Uh, so one of the tips I put in the article this week was that, and this is different from most years, but it's uh, I was saying that maybe, if you need to make up ground and saves in your league, maybe you need to go out and trade and just suck it up and trade for a good closer, give up something, whether you give up a good right. starting pitcher or a good hitter and open a hole somewhere else on your roster, because maybe you have a better chance based on what's happened so far in 2021, you have a better chance of filling the hole you create when you trade for the closer than finding a closer. Right. I, so. I think you're right. And the funny thing is we lost so much by drafting early closers in 2020, but mm-hmm. the early closers this year have been worth it. Absolutely. It's completely the opposite. I could um, see early closers going. I could see a lot of close. If this doesn't change, I could see closers going really early next year. Yeah. We, I remember a lot of people saying double tapping closers was a fool's play and it might mm-hmm. be D play next year. Uh, and then, yeah. which also means it's backwards looking. And so it's probably going to be wrong, but <laughs> maybe. Uh, that, that's the way it goes. Um, a couple other things uh, to discuss here. Uh, well, a couple of questions. Let's go ahead and uh, hit those up before we go uh, move uh, before we sign out today. Uh, and that is uh, a couple of things. Um, one, uh, Mike Mike Genre says, at what point, if at all, do you look ahead to the final few weeks of the season for matchups? Who's at cores, etc.? I don't. I just don't. Uh, I, I don't think. I think. Maybe well, I'll I, I mean I I'll look in I'll look for the last week. I mean I'll look for the last couple of weeks. Maybe last week in August I might start looking at that. I, I the one schedule note I look at now, and I, we've mentioned it before, is Mets because they played seven fewer games than everybody else. I mean okay. I think there's some in trade talks. I think there's some value in that. Um, maybe you trade away a Padre for a Met of commensurate value. Yeah, I could see that. Um... Back to the original question. Yeah, I would say um, I've had some success in past years where maybe around in leagues that have trades in August, like our Tout Wars leagues, um, I look maybe middle of August. I'll look ahead at the last few weeks of schedules, especially maybe where some pitchers, starting pitchers are lining up and then make a trade that way. Like, for example, if I needed to acquire a starter in the middle of August, I'll try to lay out some good starters, their next, their, their starts over the last six weeks and look for who has a lot of favorable matchups versus who doesn't. I know it can get thrown off, but it's at least a guideline or look for teams. Like, like the question said, you know, like teams who are going to Coors lot or, or when Colorado's home in a head to head league, which I don't play really like you'd have to start, I, I'd start earlier. Um, but I do think schedule analysis is really valuable. I did an article maybe two or three weeks ago on how favorable the Brewer schedule was for basically the last five weeks heading into the all-star break. And Mm -hmm. it it has, it has played out a little bit that way. Uh, you know, we're talking about Keston Hira and and how he's on fire. I I heard, I think I actually was, I was listening to you and list when I was driving around this afternoon. Um, and I think you guys, I can't remember if it was you guys. Oh, maybe it was someone else was talking about, I was listening to you guys this afternoon, but maybe this could come from your show. Um, but it was, someone was talking about Willie Adamas. I don't think it was you guys. The more I think it it was not. Anyway, someone's saying that Willie Adamas has hit well since he's been on the Brewers. And this all makes sense because the Brewers had like an incredibly favorable hitting schedule. Like they went to Coors, they got Colorado's pitching staff in Milwaukee. They faced the Pirates in like three or four series in the span of like a month. Like they faced the Diamondbacks in there. Like they faced basically all the worst pitching staffs in the National League almost all back to back. So, I mean, their, their team had a chance to go on a bit of a run. So trying mm-hmm. to find, and I haven't done this yet, but trying to find maybe a team that has a similar type of situation coming right out of the all-star break could be really valuable. And then again, assessing maybe in August and trying to find a team that has that type of situation down the stretch. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Good question, yeah. Mike. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, you know, another one that uh, was in the chat room here, might be too soon to do this. We, I might want to spend some time to think about it and answer it next week, but I'll, I'll throw it to you now. Uh, what minor leaguers would you stash for later in the season? Jeff asked this. Yeah, so the first name that would come to my mind is Bobby Wynn. Yeah. 
For I sure. think that's I think that's the guy right now, like to stash. Like we're not counting counting uh, Kelnick as a minor leaper. I'm assuming he's still gone. He's been hitting well, by the way, and should be. I think we'll be back up by the All Star break at the absolute latest. I'd agree so, with that. So I'm not counting him. Um, I don't see a lot else where I'm like really dying to stash uh, someone. So I think Bobby Witt's kind of my guy. And so there are years. Oh, um, oh what's his name? Uh, Nolan Gorman on the Cardinals. I would yeah. also keep an eye on. He just went to AAA and has had has been hitting well this year. And their offense was really bad during June. I think I'll have to look it up. A couple of days ago, it was like bottom two and run production during June, them and the pirates. So they could certainly use a spark. So I would say then they're playing him at second base more. So they could go him at second, move Edmund to the outfield. Uh, I think not that Edmund's been awesome this year, but I, I could see maybe Nolan Gorman, if there's another guy that I was going to look to stash right now, but I, I'm not quite, a, there's not as many as, as some other years that I'm, I'm hot on stashing. How about Joe Adele? <sighs> I, I guess. I guess. Are are you looking to stash Joe Adele? I looked. I did look last week, and then I held off just because the strikeouts are still oh. high at AAA, and that's oh. the problem. Yeah. So it's like the name values there, but mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not seeing. He's hitting for power in AAA, um, but he's not hitting like he's hitting 268 there. Like he's not hitting like that's not a good AAA batting average. And the, like you said, the strikeouts. He's still striking out about once every every three plate appearances. So. Um, I don't really think anything's changed with him, except maybe, maybe his, as he's maturing and he's starting to, his body's filling and he's getting a little more powerful. But, you know, I, that being said, I guess he'll be, I would assume they'll bring him back up, don't you think? Like in August and September, at some point they'll bring him up? I, I'd hope so. I would just think to, they just need to sooner. help him. Look at their outfield right now. I mean, they're starting uh, Scott Schebler in the outfield. I know, but they're right not now. trying to, but they're not really trying to win, I think, at this point. I think. Like, I don't, do you think the angels think they can get back in the race? Like the AL is so polarized. It's there's so many, they're in the wrong teams. division. That's for sure. They're in the wrong know. league. Like, like the, and the, like even getting a wild card spot and the, like the NL is, is, is quite out. The NL West is pretty polarized, but the other two divisions are so bunched. Mm-hmm. Um, the AL is so there's four great AL. There's four. Well, if you count the Yankees, there's four really good AL East teams. And then there's a couple in the West and, but like, none like of those ALA's teams are like running away from it no, record wise because they, no. po- I mean, they polarize each other a little bit. I mean, it's true. It's true. It's just, I, I, I have a hard time seeing the Angels, even with Trout coming back around the All Star break. Like, I have a hard yeah. time seeing the Angels get back into it. So, I would assume the decision on Adele will be Adele related, like what they think is best for his development, which is yeah. probably to bring him up at, at some point. That being said, he doesn't help your fantasy team unless he comes up and actually hits well. Here's one more uh, name before we go here. I'll throw him out there as well. How about uh, Jaron Duran on the on the Red yep. Sox? Yeah, he's, he's got 945 OPS at AAA. The problem for him is where does he play? That's right. Yeah, that's right. And and then he also um, he played for the he played in the qualifier for the U.S. Olympic team. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea if playing because it's it's just not a big priority of my baseball fandom. The Olympics for baseball, but I have for no a country idea. You don't reside in. Yeah. especially. Yeah. But. yeah. Even the Canadian team for the Olympics is not a big priority for me in all, all right. honesty, but, but I was going to say, I, I, I have no idea if like, if that means that they're going to try to make an effort to have him actually play in the Olympics or not. I don't, I don't know. It was, it's such a weird, I don't know if you've really looked at the roster for that, for that mm-hmm. team from the qualifier, but it's a neat list of MLB has been's. Like Matt Kemp was yeah. on it and a bunch of like a lot of it is MLB. Fun. Yeah, I, it I is fun. It is fun. So it's a, a group, these group of MLB has beens and then and then beyond that it had Duran. Like yeah, it he, had he some prospects sprinkled in there. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if the expectation is that some of these guys will actually get to go to the Olympics. So I would think that Duran would rather go to the majors, but if there's not an immediate need for him, would probably think it was cool and kind of fun to go to the Olympics. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I will. I will say this for all these stash ideas. Just look at the level at their end too, though. It has to be triple mm-hmm. A. You don't bother stashing except for maybe wit because of the extreme high upside, uh, mm-hmm. because they have to go through a protocol to get to triple A. Then they can move freely between triple A and right. the majors. So until that happens, no team is considering calling them up. That's right. Yeah. Big difference from previous years. Yeah. Anything else you want to add before we sign off today? I don't think so. I'm uh, my Jays are starting to feel it a little bit, and I, I've got oh, this are. trade now in my back pocket. I'm pretty excited. I mean, they're playing the Mariners tonight. This is 
I'm not, I, I'm not the most exciting Jays game of the year, but I'm kind of, they, they've been playing better. They've had a little softer schedule. I'm kind of looking for them maybe to go on a run here. They've got a lot of tough Rays games coming up, but I'm kind of looking for them to go on a run. Yeah. And how are you feeling about, how are you feeling about your Reds? <sighs> Twisted. Um, <you're, laughs> you know, every time their bullpen comes in, I'm, I'm scared to death. I, I mean, I look at the, like the, the hitting stats and like on, on average, they're a really good hitting team, but I, I see them on a day-to-day basis and it's like hot or cold. I yeah. think they just punish bad pitching is what, that, what I think is really yeah. what happens here. Uh, I don't think they're, they're good enough, but I, I think they could be, I think right. if they get everybody healthy and they make a trade, not just, Oh, getting TJ Antone back is our trade. None of that crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but which I'm already hearing, by the way, uh, Barry Larkin was saying that the other day, just, well, he says, I, I can't stand it when organizations do that. If the Jays yeah. do that with Merriweather, I'll be annoyed. Yes, yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, it should be fun. Um, yeah. And you got Alejandro Kirk week coming back pretty soon, pretty soon too. Yes. And that, so that lineup that's already maybe the longest in baseball gets even longer. Although Reese McGuire has been hitting really well. Yeah, like, he has. like, I know he's not going to hit that well for the long term, but like they're like he when Alejandro Kirk comes back, he will not hit better than Reese McGuire has the past couple of weeks. McGuire has been been doing really well. Good good for him because his career I think was kind of hanging by a thread. So this may help him just even for a few years now. Just even if he's just a depth catcher, a backup catcher on a team, or or a, you know a depth guy in AAA, but it might keep him around for a while, having had this good stretch. So so good for him, and it'll keep him on the Jays at least till J- Danny Jansen's back. So, That's but true. yeah, that lineup gets even longer, and just with Dickerson on the bench, like it just means that when a guy gets a day off, there's there's still really no break. Like they don't have to put Jonathan Davis in or something like that. Right. Um, I think Plus they're going to wear a pinch hitter for the catcher late in the game too, if they want. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we're, we're going to end it at that note. I want to thank WinBet for uh, sponsoring us. Uh, we'll have a good, we'll, we'll share a way to listen to them later on, but I want to thank you guys for uh, listening as always. Take care. Good luck in your games tonight. This is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer. He hears things differently to the untrained ear. Everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.